We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Check one, check two, check three. My yeah, you late. Check all you want. You late. You three minutes late. Put your mind right. Man. Hey, man. If I, get the, if I get the information, then I'm on time. Welcome to Get Your Popcorn Ready Podcast. It's your host, Hatch, with my boy. Yeah, you know who it is. Who I B-T-O in the building. Holla at your boy. Holla at your boy. Yo, we have Justin Gatlin coming to the show today. Olympic champion, set multiple records. And yes, today, ladies and gentlemen, he will, the only time, be the fastest guy on this show. I will be the second fastest. And this slow guy right here, T.O., will be the third fastest. It's, Face it's the facts, brother. Yeah, it's one thing to say it. It's another thing to prove it. I'm willing to prove it. Him, on the other hand, it's all mouth if you can't prove it. So you know we all what? know. <laughs> I'll let the people decide for themselves who's the fastest one, Justin. Who's the second fastest when Justin gets on this show. But I cannot wait to talk to this guy. Um, definitely a surprise guest. Um, mm-hmm. for, 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 for us. And I'm looking forward to, to seeing what it's like to be, I mean, an Olympic sprinter. Yeah. I mean, rep- not, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> and to represent the United States of America, that, that's huge. Yeah. I, again, if anybody could represent their country mm-hmm. to the fullest, that would be me. And I just, I just no. hate that I wasn't no. really on the, I, I, no. I wasn't afforded the opportunity to be on that type of stage. Cause bro, trust me, bro. I, I know what type of energy I bring, bro, when it's just like a big game. Boy, you're talking about everybody in a dude across the country watching you? you yeah. Boy, that's just, boy, that's like, ooh, boy, that's like, ooh, ni- ni- nitric oxide well, in your tank. And that, I guess that's one of the things about the NFL that we don't get the benefit of going overseas and playing in right. big Monday night games or big playoff games and being on that world stage. Because even though here in America, we big and NFL is huge and I get all that. But, yeah, it's nothing like being overseas and letting the whole world get get to watch, you know, your, you work on your craft. Right, bro. You get to represent and show people like you're one of the most elite of the elite. And I yeah. know that me playing, finishing my career, being in the Hall of Fame, like I'm one of the elite of the elite, though, just to put myself in that conversation and just you magnify that, put it on a global, global stage, bro. I never got the opportunity because I know I'm like one, bro, I'm like one of the top athletes that ever graced the football field in you this country. You are not. No, you're in not. In this country. In you this are country. Right. 
You are in this country, and, and, and it's unknown. That's the thing; people don't know that. I they have glimpses. They have. Well, made that I've shown glimpses, but they really don't know, bro. When you talk about Dion and Bo Jackson, bro, I'm one of those guys, bro. You're not in they that just category. I just never played two. Physically, you're not in that category. Physically, you're never. You're, all, no, we're not talking about much, me. We're talking about you, much, you. You got too much hair on your face, and it's getting <laughs> in your mouth and your everything, bro. You're—I don't know what's happening. Happening to you? Hey, I'm going to. Hey, I'm going to get a haircut within the next <laughs> week. Two minutes. You need to get a haircut in the next two minutes. That's what you need Hold to get on, a haircut. Me, hey, look, look. Yes, yes. Get your popcorn your ready podcast. Soon as I get my hair cut, coming up. Well, if I could cut your hair right now through this screen, bro, I would. <laughs> and I'll miss a couple of spots too. But yeah, man, <laughs> let's bring this guy on, Justin Gatlin. Get your popcorn ready podcast. Here I am with Tio and your boy Hatch. Let's welcome Justin Gatlin to the show. Let's do it. Get your popcorn ready podcast. You can find us on the Himalaya app or wherever you get your podcast. And also, yeah, I have a YouTube channel. Be sure to subscribe to that. YouTube backslash Terry Lawrence. And yeah, you can see some of the content that we have here on Get Your Popcorn Ready podcast and also some personal content as well. Be sure to subscribe. Yeet. Yeah, Welcome, to get your right. popcorn. Welcome to Get Your Popcorn podcast. <laughs> With your boy, hey. we gonna hey, start yeah. over. Yeah, because he he been doing it so many times, he still can't get it right. It's still can't to get, get the it. Popcorn ready podcast. That's how it's done. You know what I mean? No, it's welcome to get your popcorn ready podcast with your host Hatch and my boy. There you, you go. Got he got it that yeah, time. Yeah. There it is. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> got to get yeah, a little warm up. Just we got a special guest in the building today. I would say just today he's the fastest dude on. This podcast. I'm the second fastest today. No, no, no. I'm normally first the fastest, all, but today I'm gonna be no the, the second that's fastest. One of my notes. I, <laughs> that's one of my notes. I'm officially the second fastest on here. See, I already knew I already knew what he was gonna try to get at. Hey, I'm always ahead hey. of Justin. Always hey, he, ahead was, of, he coming for your head, man. He coming for I your head. I'm coming for hey. his head. So hey, we, we got a, we got our special guest Justin Gatlin in the house, and I'm gonna let you determine which one's faster, Justin. A full three or a full four? Because T.O. was a full four. I was a full three. So I'm going to let you be the judge who's faster. First of all, he, you don't even no, have to No, 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 no. The question's not for you, T. The question's that's, not that's, for you. That's common sense. A four I'm, three is obviously faster for than a four you. four. We, are, you <laughs> faster than, are you faster than me right now? Today, no. Say I'm, I, I'm, I'm old. I'm old. Yeah, yes, on, my, my. on paper, on paper, four three obviously is faster than four four. But I want to see y'all both line up. Though. I want to see y'all. I want to see y'all run that four 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 three right next to each other. Hey, Ooh, he doesn't that's, want that. That's gonna be tough, Jess. That's, that's gonna, gonna be like tough. Four four two right there. You know what I'm saying? Hey, hey, Jess, hey, you don't want hey, that, that smoke. That's a recipe for. That's a recipe for going for the hospital for me because I ain't gonna make it. <laughs> My hip go fall out of place if I try to run a 40, man. But no, we appreciate you coming on the show, brother. Yeah. Come on here, have some fun. Um, and again, I know going back a little bit in your career, I just want to talk about how you kind of got into track and, you know, your your, your thought process and trying to be a professional in the track space. That's kind of what we're going to get out there first. Okay. All right. I mean, well, I mean, for me, man, I mean, it just, I never knew I was going to be at this level. I just took, mm. I took a year at a time. I took, I looked at my goal setting as like a year to two years ahead. So I was in high school. I was like, man, I need a scholarship. So what I did is I was like, I ran my ass off. 
And I got me a full scholarship. And then I was like, well, what am I going to do after college? So when I got in college, I was like, I'm going to run my ass off. And then I'm going to get ready and turn pro. So each year I didn't, I didn't kind of, you know, when you do five year, 10 year increments, like you get lost, you get lost in the sauce on that kind of stuff. Like yeah. but when you do a year to two years, you can be able to strengthen your goals and you can stand on that as a foundation to get to the next goal. Yep. So what were some of those obstacles during that process? Like say, try, let's just take from high school to college. And what was the main obstacle to try to get your first like scholarship in track? Beating everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because were you, I mean, were you fast? Were you always the fastest in your neighborhood, on your school? Were you always the fast guy? Or, and people just like, yo, we got, you got to rush, you got to race just, you got to race just. Or were you just kind of like, you know, you just kept getting faster as time went by? I usually was the fastest, but for me, it was the rivalry. I always had like, there was another, it was always another fast guy. Okay. You, know who, I mean? you, so, remember who, you remember who that was for you? Oh, uh, yeah. Billy, my first fast guy I had to race against was Billy Morris, elementary school, man. I remember that because he was already, he was, he was, he was uh, a prodigy, man. He was already six feet tall when he was in elementary school, fifth grade. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. So he just had strength and speed, but we always would die for the finish line when we raced at recess. Yeah. <laughs> Racing at recess. Who remembers <laughs> that? <laughs> hey, Justin, so how about this? We didn't have a whole lot of money in high school and stuff like that. So, I, I know you probably at that early age, you probably started trying to like, you know, being an entrepreneur, uh, entrepreneur at an early age. So you, did you start running for money? Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. All the way through from elementary school all the way to high school, you used to, we used to go out and race light pole to light pole, street race. You know how it is. So mm-hmm. your boys would bet on you. Um, your boys would bet on you. And, you know, you go out there and you make your, you make your share off the bet. So that's so did you get so nice. did you get did you get a little percentage from the guys that were betting on you as well as what you were betting on yourself? Oh, absolutely. To absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> All right, that's what's up. That's what's up. We, ran, well, we ran that hustle into the ground until they were like, oh, when they see when they see me coming, they're like, oh man, we can't mess with JG. Now nah, he ain't racing with us. Nice. So again, so what was your what was your biggest payday when you was in high school then? What when you guys was racing for like what was a mon- lot of money back then? Like you won a hundred dollars that day, you was like, Woo, I'm going to g- give me some new shoes, go to the talk to the to the restaurant. So it was, was it was 150 because okay. not only yeah. did I race, you know, I was in the race, but also I had two of the guys who were in the race as well who were fast. He had uh, mm-hmm. a football player and you had a guy who also ran track. And we all lined up. It was kind of like that dream race, street race. Mm, yep. So yep. I came on top, won 150, went straight to the store, man. Got me some J's, you know. Ooh, <laughs> straight to straight Ooh. get some J's. Straight hey, I remember J's. my first hey, I remember my first time uh running for some cash. And it was like late in my career because a lot of guys didn't think that I was fast because I'm a lone strider. Yeah, and we'll get into that. We'll get into that as well. But visually watching film, I look slow, but they don't understand how much ground I'm eating up. So when I was in Philly, when I was in Philadelphia, they had a white guy named uh, Sean Morey and he played uh, outside gunner on the punt team. So most, usually those guys are the fast guy. You punt the ball, those guys beat the guys in front of them and they are sprinting, hauling ass trying to get the, get the return guy. So yeah. everybody kept saying that he was the fastest on the team. So Freddie Mitchell, this is when I was with the Philadelphia Eagles. So Freddie Mitchell said that he was faster than me. Although they had Todd Beeson, who was a receiver, he was pretty fast as well. Real thin guy, whatever. He can get down. 
So I told Fred, I said, Fred, he's not the fastest guy. I said, dude, I said, I said, I'm willing to bet I'm probably like the fastest guy on this team. This is year, this is year nine. This is year nine for me. And uh, he was like, there's no way. He goes, bro, I'll put, he goes, what you put, what you want to put on it? So I said, dude, I said, I put, I said, I'll bet my game check. At that time, Woo! one of my game, one of my mm. game checks were like equivalent, like about about a hundred grand. Okay, Freddie's Freddie's game check wasn't as large, but it was still <laughs> I, I would say anywhere from twenty to fifty grand. Yeah, yeah. significant so we, money. Yeah, right. So <laughs> we went back to the inside of the bubble. We had they had we had the outside field we practiced on, then we had the inside the turf field. So to get away from like the coaches and things of that nature, we all went down to the inside. So I already know there's track speed and then there's game speed. So I already had that mentality going into the race. So I'm going to speed this up. So we went inside. I knew that I could beat him in 100 yards because as I speed up, I'm going to get faster and faster. So I challenged myself to a 40-yard race with him. Yeah, Dude, when I got it, boy, I put my tights on. I got in that stance. (laughs) I'm already knowing. I got to get out on this cat because I know if he get out on me, I'm gonna have, it's going to be hell to catch up. Yeah, so yeah, I yeah. knew initially from that start, I got to get out on him. If I get it like a half a step or we come out even, hey, he was toast. Dude, <laughs> I beat him by, I beat him at least by a yard and a half. But you eating that ground up because you had them long strides. So you was eating that ground. You strive for stride with him. You was already half a step in front of him, even if you was right yeah. next to him. Yeah. So, yes, yeah, so we, we share that story, man, about, you know, racing for money. In high school, I would have never had done that. Never in a million years. I would have got smoked. I was, I, I was a late bloomer. I, I was a late bloomer. But, uh, I, and I wasn't really known for my speed coming out, coming out of college. But, you know, I admire guys like yourself. And I know we, uh, when I played early, early on in my career, they had a guy, guy by the name of James, James Jett. James is that him? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, just, okay. I was I, I was with the Raiders with James. Yeah, yep. yeah. I think he was a track guy, and I, they were everybody yep. kept saying that he was an Olympic guy, Olympic speed. And so, yeah. can you tell us kind of like you know because a lot of people feel like you know there should probably be more track guys playing football, but running well, yeah, straight yeah. versus you know running routes and change of direction that's a bit different. So how can you explain to the people you know why you think there's probably not a lot more track guys? Yeah, let, yeah let, let me set it up for you, J.D., because as T.O. knows, right, every single training camp throughout our career, the team would always bring in a track guy. Like we'd have 13, 14 receivers and then and then like, you know what, let's give this Olympian, you know, the James Jett, Ron Browns of the world. Just let's give him a shot. But they don't expect much out of him because he's a track guy. So we also know that you end up having a tryout with the Texans. So go ahead and go into your spiel about how you think or how you believe track guys can also be a football wide receiver. Well, I was in, I was on minicamp with the Buccaneers too, at the same time when Gruden was down there. So um, it was, it was a different world for me because my speed was not, not for the field Mm. because everything in football is timing. You know what I mean? You got to run a certain route at a certain time. You got to be, have a, be in that window to catch the ball. You got to be able to take receivers out of that area for another receiver to be able to be in that area. Mm. So everything is set up to be intricate, right? And I didn't understand that because when I came onto the field, all I knew was you got to get out there. You got to haul ass. Get down the field. So when we watching the, we were watching, we watching the highlight tapes and we going back at practice. I'm all you see is I'm a blur on the screen. Like, whoop, whoop, whoop. <laughs> 
So Gruden, Coach Gruden had to tell me, like, look, man, it's a time and a cadence to everything. Like, just because you can get off the line faster than the, than the guys in front of you doesn't mean that you're helping your other receivers, you're helping your teammates out. You know, so track speed is beautiful and it's fast and it feels great. But to translate that over, you have to have a lot of discipline to be able to gauge your speed, be able to get in out of breaks, get in out of cuts and sell it to be able mm-hmm. to uh, get open to get the ball or even be able to defend, you know, so. It's a it's a totally different world, man. When I did that, man, ooh, my eyes were open, bro. I was like, man, this was Did you ever right, run? The, did you ever run the forty for the Buccaneers? I did. I actually I ran. This Why? is a funny story. I ran. Remember, mm-hmm. Pac Man played for the Titans, right? Yep. So right. Pac Man got into his whole whole situation, and everything. So it was like, man, we need another guy who will return the ball. So I was out there trying to trying to get my thing on with in, in the NFL. So I got a call to come up to the Titans. And to return the ball, right? So we worked on practicing, return the ball. Then they want me to run the forty. Boom! Off the block, I ran like four. I ran four one two. Ooh! Right? <laughs> so, yeah. ladies, ladies and gentlemen out there, if you don't know what a four one two is, you ain't gonna believe it until you see it. <laughs> no, that that that's that's just yeah, unbelievable. That's crazy. Because four that two is very is fast, fast, fast in the NFL. You run four all, one two. Why Ooh. did you even run it? That was that was just to show off. He's showing that off. Disrespect. <laughs> He's showing off, off, man. If, if that was you, Look, about, man, if that was, was me, I would have said no. First of all, that would have been a waste of my time because <laughs> I don't need to go in there and run a forty because you already. I come. I'm already coming with those credentials of speed anyway. So first of all, that's a waste of my time. Then you could have gotten yourself hurt running a forty in which you didn't have to. But the most important thing you 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 explaining running all these routes, transitioning in and out of routes. You know. Uh, John Gruden breaking down and really instructing, basically just letting you know like what it takes to be a receiver other than just speed. But the most important thing is you have to catch the ball. Could you catch? I could catch. <laughs> Look, listen, I'm, I'm going to tell you what stopped me. I'm going to tell you what stopped me from even going any further into league or trying. Two things, two things. Mm-hmm. One, I couldn't read plays. I never, when I played in high school, I was free safety. I never played, I never played offense. Okay. So, so reading plays, memorizing plays, you know how it is in minicamp. They, they, it's the gauntlet, the mental gauntlet, the physical yes. gauntlet that you got to go yes. through, right? So they gave us 10, 15 plays the first night we got there, right? So I'm thinking like, man, my yeah. roommate is asleep, right? So he's already <laughs> knocked out at like 10.30. I'm up to yeah. like 1, 2 o'clock in the morning trying to memorize these plays for the next day. Yeah. So we wake up at like 7 a.m., 6 a.m., I'm like, all right, I got half of these plays. I'm, I'm going to memorize 10. The other 10, I'm just, I'm just going to pray to God on this one. Yeah, yeah. So, like, <laughs> so I did that, you know, so all was 50-50. Then the next day, I was like, I'm going to remember the other plays I forgot. They gave us a whole nother 10 plays to remember. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, yeah, you're going to keep adding on every day, <laughs> brother. <in> the training <laughs> Exactly. Welcome so I didn't know that. So, so to answer your question, T, like, for me, it was I could catch you know what I mean? I look like a receiver. You know what I'm saying? Catch it, tuck it, you know, mm-hmm. getting out of routes, getting out of the breaks, know the whole route tree. I knew all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I just was never taught how to read the plays as a wide receiver. And that's what really stunted my growth. Wow. That, that's a that's a big deal, though, because, as you know, especially for rookies coming into the NFL, even that's played in college, I said the number one thing they say is the biggest transition is that playbook, you know, because they get in the, the playbook used to be, you know, like a phone book, like a city phone book of hundreds of pages, even though now it's on an iPad. But, yeah, that mental aspect of, you know, football, a lot of people fail to realize it's a big deal. 
you know, and he, yeah. somebody come in running a full one. He can run a full one, but yeah, that it's all goes back to what was your thing that I had, I had to learn that playbook. That's a big deal. You have to be smart. You have to be yeah. smart to understand and memorize the playbook in the heat of battle while you're out there. And then to be to be able to go out there like like Tio does and be able to make things magic, make that magic happen. Mm-hmm. You got to be intelligent. You're- and I think Have that's what people don't realize. Yeah. I appreciate Yeah, because T is not intelligent. So that's a <laughs> I appreciate, that is hey, a I, truth. <laughs> hey, I appreciate those 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 kind words, <laughs> Justin. When you said magic, that I I I automatically just perked up because that's what I tried to do. I tried to create <laughs> magic. When you're a receiver, you have to be one of those, not just uh you, you, you gotta do more than just produce or just be out there you know, just running routes and uh, being a possession receiver. That's what I wanted to do. I had to try to enhance my game, just like I'm sure you've had to try to enhance your speed. There are different, you know, things that you have to tweak about your start, you know, based on who who you're racing. That's what I tried to do every year because, again, I wasn't really known for, for my speed. So when you talk about being a game changer, a playmaker, the every year, as you said, it's like those one- to two-year increments. Like, I didn't have a long long-term goal of playing in the NFL for 10 plus 15 years. I took it one year at a time and then one off season at a time that, that enabled me to be able to be the hall of fame that I am today. So I appreciate those kinds of words. Uh, someone like uh, hatch over here, he can't really understand or grasp that. So <laughs> we get we, we right here. Hey, you see what I'm saying, JG? Don't even, don't even trip on him. Don't even trip. Hey man, I, you say you could, what, what can you run a 40 in right now? Oh, I, I, you know what? To be honest with you, my hip is so bad I wouldn't be able to finish a forty. Like if First I got, all, I, 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 wasn't even, I could get, I, I could get out the, to you. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't even talking to you. Why would I want to know what your forty is right now? I'm <laughs> just letting. I'm letting JG. I want to know, know. know what your forty is, bro. I want to know what your forty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, I knew. I knew JG wanted. I was talking to JG. I wouldn't even talk to you. Oh, okay. Bro. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, so for me, so for me, if I can run a forty right now, I'll say I, I'm in the four two range. Oh, I, I'm, I'm close to four two. I, I, I would say I'm four. I could do a four three four four. No, you cannot. You cannot Dude, run pro- under I, four five right now. And I tell you, so JG, he goes bet he your his, money. So he just put his because again, he's coming dog. off of an ACL injury. Ooh, he's been working Ooh. out, so he's feeling good about himself, Ooh, but he hasn't been dog. running like that, right? So two years Ooh. ago, when he was old, but he was still running a, a legit four four eight four Ooh. four nine for 40 what 43 42 years old that's that was great but he has gotten 44. older and he's, and he's just coming off of surgery there's no way he's gonna run a four four anything right now dude i can i guarantee you i can run under four I'll, I'll take that bet i'll take that bet whenever you do and i want my money bro because you, 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 you wait wait I want my money, yeah, bro, go, you, yeah, we all. You are hesitant to pay up when you lose. You already tell you up. what. You already owe you me know what? one bet. Hey, JG. So I, listen, we had this exact same bet ooh. almost two years ago, and he and I won because it said four five zero one on the clock. So I won the bet. Hey, and guess what? I was adjusted. And to my defense, I yeah, I lost and I paid up like a like a a gentleman should. I I did this coming off of a plane too. Off the plane, that don't the mean track. nothing. I ain't yeah. trying to hear Justin, all that. tell this dude. No, I don't know. That, means that means something, man. Dude, hey, he, tell this he dude. Went, he hey, he, hey, hey, JG, he went from Burbank to Diego. He went, that wasn't no dude, flight. I was on a flight <laughs> from, and I got from the flight, went straight down there, straight to the track, and I ran ran that 451. And like I said, barely any stretching, no nothing. 
But check, hey, right after that, I think was it a year? A year was that the same year? A year after I just ran a four four five. A year four, after four, 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 at, four, four, UCLA. at UCLA. I, I, I want to see this though. I, I, I got more money on you, bro. Hey, Justin, how far you think you would probably beat me? Hey, JG, I'll take your money too. I'll bet you too, JG. Yeah, no I know you got a new training, so you wouldn't really want to race me, but I think it would be good for a charity, uh, a charity situation, especially with what we got going on right now. I think the only the with, only charity would be you because you no, don't no. have to jog to make it look close. No. There's no way that no, him first of all, he first of all, even close. First of all, he ain't finna jog. You, you're not. Yeah, he's gonna jog. He's he going to jog and do nothing. See what I'm saying, JG? Now he's delusional. Now he's delusional. I'm not gonna disrespect my man, who's the five time Olympic medalist. Record five time 100 meter world champion medal. I'm not gonna disrespect my guy, but he ain't finna just blow my doors off. I yes, know he much. is. That's what he let would me tell do. you. I have, I, mean, I, I, think, I, I thought, think we should do this for charity, though. I think, I think we should do this. I think hey, we should do this. Boy, I like you. I like you, Justin. <laughs> I like you. And, and guess what? I, I came up with a creative way to do this in light of of what's going on in the wake of all this racism stuff that's going on and police brutality and social injustice. I think we should donate the money to, to one of these, uh, one of those causes and we should call it this right here. Erase racism. You see how that's I did that? that? Look you at see that. How I, I see did that. that. You see I how see I did that? that? I, I like that. I'm the, bra- I, I, I'm the brains behind this operation. So, so just let you know. No, you're, you're hey, okay. Hey, but hey, here, hey, here, hey, but JG, hey, listen, hey, listen to how, listen hey, to how he's not. That's the, Hey, that's this is, but this is, hey, but listen, JG, this is how intelligent he is not. He fails to realize that they can't see him. This is also an audio podcast. So for him to put it up there, the visual me and you got, but he also has to explain how it's spelled so the audio audience we, can we, hear we you. Get, we didn't get there yet. He was, showing, he was pitching it to me, so I'm on board right, now. I'm pitching so it to him. the audience know. Right, but we do have a YouTube aspect to this. It's just not audio. So well. explain, explain your erase. Explain well, okay, it to the, so yeah, the so audio the pe- So yeah, so for the people that are listening out there, it's there called go. erase racism. And, and how do you spell erase, that? T and erase is spelled E R A C E. Race. So and we could probably put an E and then the dash and then the race. Yeah, right. I like yeah. it. That's, a, that's, a, that's a good idea. Yeah, that's a good idea, T. Yeah. So for so let so let me introduce it for the, for the for the audience that's listening. Uh, we're talking about doing a, a, a I don't know a forty a hundred yard. He might he'll tear me up in a hundred. I will know. tear you. He'll tear up. me up in a hundred. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's do forty. We do forty. Yeah, we'll do a forty. We're that's talking your, about that's donating. Your home yeah, that's a football yeah. race, right? That's a football right. race. So we're talking about donating some money to charity, obviously, in the wake of all this racism. Uh, you know, uh, things that are going on in this country, police uh, brutality, uh, social injustice. You know, all of us are black men. I know we have black families, black kids. Uh, this is obviously something dear uh, to all of us on this uh, on this show. So, again, uh, for the people that are listening, Erase Racism Charity with me and Justin Gatlin in a 40-yard dash. And Erase is spelled, again, for the ones that are listening, E-R-A-C-E, Racism. Trademark, 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 trademark. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna do this. We're gonna do this. Yes, sir. Get your popcorn ready I'm podcast with, with your with your with your guest, right? Justin Gatlin. So again, I know we're talking a little bit about what's been going on, right? So deep, so uh, crazy times right now, and of course, 
as black men in this country, we've been going through this for, you know, your whole life, my whole life, T's whole life, but everybody else is kind of just getting the picture. What have some of the things you've been doing lately to uh, really just stay positive throughout this movement? You know, um, for me, I think, you know, obviously with the COVID situation, just training, figuring out creative ways to train when I couldn't go outside. Um, once we get able to get back in the gym, we lock the gym down for only us athletes to be able to use, sanitize everything every time we get on the machine and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but for me, when it comes to reaching out to young athletes in the COVID situation and Black Lives Matter is basically having them understand that sometimes having adversity can have growth that happens with it. You know, um, we don't want everything handed to us. Sometimes you have to test your will. You have to test your faith. Um, and right now being locked down in quarantine for a lot of athletes and having the, you know, the season canceled, they're kind of trying to figure out who they are. Because, you know, as athletes, we always feel like our world is a sport. That's all yep. we know. That's, yep. what that's, we how, that's how our seasons know? go. <laughs> exactly. So I challenge, always challenge a group of athletes and I get on Zoom calls and Skype calls for like the last, I don't know, almost a month, man. And, talk to group athletes from five years old all the way up to 18, all the way to college. And I challenge them to learn a different craft. I challenge them to figure out their own body. I challenge them to learn different athletes within their sport that they never heard of before, either past, you know, or present. Mm. And um, for young black athletes, I have challenged them to go out and be um, not just athletes, but someone who's going to be a figurehead in the community, you know, because as athletes, that's, we, have a, we have a platform that once had Malcolm X or Martin Luther King or Marcus mm-hmm. Garvey. Those guys had a platform that we have now. And as athletes, we need to be able to speak or even show the world, the masses, and our race and our young future how powerful we can be, not just dribbling a basketball mm-hmm. or making a touchdown or come across the finish line. We want to be able to empower them, not only be professional athletes, but be real good human beings and really be really proud of who they are being black. Mm-hmm. Do you uh, have ben, any... Go ahead, T. Uh, I, uh, obviously, like I said, just to touch on a little bit of that, um, have you experienced uh, any, any racism uh, or any discrimination, you know, um, go, you know coming up through the ranks of, uh, of running, uh, racing? Um, I know you went to Tennessee, right? Am I, am I, am I, yeah. I, I correct? And so, uh, so can you share, uh, if any, uh, of any experience, any experiences like that? And going forward, you know, has any of those experiences shaped you to be who you are? And then now, like I said, being in the the thick and the heightened, uh, the height of, of where we are as a country, um, will you be able to kind of use some of those experiences? And I think you just mentioned that. Uh, you alluded to a little bit of that, uh, really uh, progressing uh, our our younger youth uh, to be better people in the future. Well, um, for me, I mean, you always experience some kind of racism, even if you ain't being called uh, the N word. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, you're getting denied some way. You're getting short, the short end of the stick. And I've had that a lot throughout throughout my career. You know. Um, so from college, you know, traveling through the SEC, you know that is. We're going to Mississippi mm. State, Ole Miss, you know, survival mm, yeah. belt. You're always going to find some, some way where you're going to be discriminated against even in this day and age. Um, but on the flip side, uh, as I became older and uh, an athlete who's a veteran now, 
I remember a time I got pulled over and I had uh, my my concealed concealed weapons license on me. And when I got pulled over, the officer can see the license in my wallet. Mm-hmm. And he asked me, he said, well, where's your gun at? Do you have a gun on you? And I said, yeah, I have my gun is right here. I showed him my gun. He said, well, where's the clip? I said, my clip is over here. So guns over here, clips over here. And he looked at me, he laughed. Young white officer, he looked at me and laughed and said, well, why are you having so far apart? And I looked at him and I said, this is two o'clock in the morning. I said, officer, I'm not even gonna lie to you. I'm a young black man and I'm driving a nice car and getting pulled over, you know, I don't want to pose a threat to anybody, not to you or anybody that's going to come in contact with me because of the color of my skin. That's not my choice, but I have to protect mm-hmm. who I am as a, as a young black mm-hmm. man. So I have to be able to show that my clip is here, my gun is here, and I'm not a threat, you know? And he mm-hmm. looked at me wow. and he, he looked at me and he, he pondered for a minute. He was like, wow. And he said, you know what? I understand where you're coming from. You have a good night, slow down and get home safe. Awesome. Wow, yeah. bro, you just gave me chills. Bro. That, get, that yeah. gave me chills, bro, just, just hearing that. And if I have kids. Uh, uh, Hatch doesn't have kids. And I've, I've kind of had these conversations, you know, with my daughters who's on the cusp of driving. I have a son, 20-year-old. Um, he's driving now. And it's so, so weird that we have to educate our black kids on what to do when we get pulled over. Mm-hmm. And I think in order, I think uh, the question has been, you know, I think, um, I guess the, the repeated question is, you know, throughout this whole pandemic and now this 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 race racism uh, pandemic that we've been facing is, you know, how can we educate, you know, uh, more of the white people about what we have to go through? And I think part of what you mentioned and what I'm trying to get across is we as black people, parents, we have to educate our kids on what to do um, when pulled over. I think it's the white people's, it's their duty to educate their kids on black history, uh, love, how to treat, uh, how, how to treat um, uh, one another uh, outside of their race. And I think this world will be begin to be in a better place um, because I think just as we're taking, we're, we're having to educate and take the time to educate our kids on some of the things that we have to go through as black people, I think they need to take those initiatives to treat uh, to teach their kids uh, about black history and black people in general. Yeah. And again, I, I want to touch on, like I said, you were going, you were in playing ran in the SEC, and like I said, going to Ole Miss and you know Alabama. Th- that was different for you. And it's crazy how nowadays I want to touch on the, my boy Michael Pittman. Right, he was a receiver, just got drafted by the um, Indianapolis Colts, played for USC. And, you know, at, when you're in college, you're doing all these things, with these boosters, right? The boosters love you guys when you're playing. And mm-hmm. Michael Pittman, you know, they loved them. USC, big name, was going to the NFL. And Marla Brown was a big USC booster and had Michael Pittman with her on her Twitter handle. So that, was the, that was her background picture. And she made a bunch of racism, racist remarks on her Twitter. And of course, now since then, she's taken it down. But it speaks to the fact like, yeah, you guys love us when you can use us. You, you know, when, we, when we're catching touchdowns or we're not a threat physically because we're on the field, literally, you know, literally on the field. They're benefiting. But when it becomes real, like she showed, Marla Brown, she showed her true colors of she doesn't like anything that the culture has nothing in the, about the black culture has to offer, and of course, 
nothing at all. But you use that when it benefited you at these, you know, functions or, you know, when it was uh, you know, at the game, when it was cool for your Twitter handle. And so I wanted to see if you could speak on that when you were running. Did you see any of those things like at University of Tennessee? Like they love you when you were running. But when you left Tennessee, how did they treat you? Like how did that how that city treat you? How that university treat you? Like I said, I want to speak on that a little bit. You know, funny, funny is that I've always been treated good, you know, at, at Knoxville. Knoxville, and, and, and you think about the, the area, the region and everything, you would think different, you know. Um, but right. for me, I've always was treated good. I, I actually went back not too long ago, and it was I was still welcomed with open arms and love and yeah. support, you know. And um, yeah. But at the end of the day, I, I know exactly where you're coming from because athletes are treated not as human beings. We're treated as a persona. They don't care mm. where we raised. They don't care where mm. we grew up at. They don't care how hard your, your upbringing was. All they care about is you're making those touchdowns for their team that they're cheering for or you're making those goals for their team that they're cheering for. That's all they care about. And then when mm. you stop, then that's when they stop caring, you know, mm. and, I always tell everybody all the time, I was like, you got to understand that athletes aren't robots. You know what I mean? We are people too. (laughs) It's just that we have extraordinary talents that be able to show the world, but they think that we go into a closet, shut off like a robot. And right. Turn off again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, I try feelings. (laughs) Right. I I try to, uh, sorry about that. I, I try to explain it because people often ask, I mean, I'm sure Hatch gets asked the question. I'm sure you get asked the question too, like what it's like being an athlete, especially whether you're, whether you're dealing with somebody professional or you're dealing with somebody in your personal life. And so obviously, as you said, our persona, I can't, I think it precedes us when we come in contact with anybody in the business world, or like I said, in our professional, in our personal lives on our own time. And I always tell people, like you just said, we're just ordinary people. We just happen to do or extraordinary things uh, in our profession. And as me and Hatch, it's, it, we played football. For you, uh, you you run, you race, uh, you beat people you, to the finish line for a living. Um, and again, you have this, you you have a stage bigger than I, me and Hatch could ever be on. World That's stage. You, right, representing not only just yourself, um, obviously what comes with that, you know, uh, your college, you representing Tennessee, but at the same time, you're representing the United States of America. You're representing our country. And speaking on that, you know, uh, what is, you know, now that the Olympics have been postponed to 2021, what has been your preparation like leading up to that? I know you touched on it a little bit, but now, like I said, it's now, does that mess with your mental psyche? Because I know now a lot of you guys, not only just you, you guys were prepared to run. It's probably like here in the next couple of months this year. Um, I'm going to tell, tell you right now, I was, I was ready. Because <laughs> the moment where we found out we couldn't travel, we was already a week away from traveling, right? right. To go to yeah. meets and everything. So we already got our conditioning in. We got our speed endurance in. We started working on our speed. So we was ready to run. I was ready to clock 9796. I was ready. <laughs> I was ready. You know, you know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. one thing I learned – one thing I learned about you guys is that, especially T, is that I watched you as you came through your career and everything you did, no matter if, one, if people want to call it antics, you were owning who you were. You know what I mean? And right. you was a creator of your own destiny. Popcorn, Sharpies, standing on a star, whatever it was, 
you made history by being you. You know what I mean? And that kind of, and for me, I've been fighting with how I'm going to end my career. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and I know it's a scary thing. For me, it's scary because it's like, what do I do next? You know? Mm-hmm. And watching those highlight tapes, rewatching those football tapes and things like that, because that energy you guys bring on the field, that's what I bring to the track. That's why everybody be like, man, he's so aggressive. I was like, well, you know what? I only got nine seconds to prove myself. That's it. I don't get four quarters. Right, right. I get two halves. I get nine seconds. Mm-hmm. So going into this season, like I was ready to go, ready mm-hmm. to go. And I still kept the intensity up and I still train. We still train like survivalists, man. We were out there running on patches of grass where, where it was like retention ponds and we were jumping over fences to get in like in, into lot areas to run on the track and stuff. Like we were doing whatever we can because we knew we had to salvage a, a season because we're going to have a season towards the end of the year. So by any means necessary, we got, we, we got the work done. So I'm in shape now. I'm ready to go. Now, now yeah. since again, so 2021, that's 11, 12 months ish for you when you can run again, someone your age, is that going to hurt you or help you more, give you more rest? Or did you think that you're, you're, you're kind of maxing out in 2020 Would that hurt? Right. Because you, Right. And to his point, you'll be 39, correct, next next year, right? Yeah. Right. Yes. Um, I don't think it's gonna I don't think it's gonna hurt me, to be honest. I mean, from as long as I keep healthy and I keep strong, it's all about mm. a lot about muscle memory and running the, running my pace and striking mm. when I need to strike. I don't need to win every race when I step out there. I would love to. You know what I mean? Right. But what I learned is when you get to the top, it's about winning the most important race. No one's going to remember mm-hmm. what race you did in March right. compared to when you yeah. across the finish line at the Olympics. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, it's like yeah. the Super Bowl for us. Yeah. Nobody exactly. remembers what goes on during the course of the season. Long as you exactly. you catch every catch all season, you miss one catch in the Super Bowl, you're a failure. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> so for me, it's, it's just that's what it is, man. It's just about being ready at the moment. And if it's 2020, 2021, I'll be ready for it. You know, I just got to make sure I, I stay on top of remembering that I'm a, a seasoned veteran and taking my time and strike when the iron's hot. Mm-hmm. What, so what do you what do you eat how do you stay how you know are you like everything vegan how do you stay ready like I said physically? Boy, hell no <laughs> i would you know what i would try i would try being vegan if i could but i i i burn so much energy you're mm-hmm. we already talked calories. about this florida sun it's 90 yeah and you you burn all them calories all day you're gonna get dizzy tired dehydrated so mm-hmm. I, I make sure but would you, you know, say you eat is, right though yeah, 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 for sure. You know, okay. I make sure I eat portion, I eat portion control, and I eat small meals throughout the day. You know what I mean? So it keeps me at a, a good weight. What's uh for? I just say like the important race uh, you just mentioned. What would be uh, your ideal meal leading up to the important race? Because that's like I said, you know, on the biggest stage. Because my honestly, my plans, one of my bucket list things was to go to the Olympics. So I was equally looking forward to going to the Olympics this year. So obviously I'm going to put my bucket list on the shelf just like everybody else. But I, I honestly, I plan because I've never you been. You mean to go watch always, as, a, as a spectator, not be in it. Let's, let's yeah, clear yeah. it up. Talk let's, it. I'm not, let's, I'm clear, let's clear I'm it up, talking people. To you. I'm not we're going to put a marker down, a cone down for the 40 yards. From right yeah, I'm there not you go. talking to that guy right now. I'm not talking <laughs> to him. Uh, but yeah, what is a... Uh, 
because like I said, I mean, it's, it's that, the important race. So you want to make sure that everything, like you said, everything is clicking on all c- cylinders as it comes to the performance part. But preparation wise, what is a typical meal like leading up to that most important race? Oh, man. I mean, it, it could be I'm, I'm big on protein. So like in the morning, I'll get up extra early in the morning. Like it's because usually we race at night when we're overseas. Right. So if right. you do nighttime overseas, it's mean it's still daytime in America. So I really okay, don't change gotcha. that much about how I, my sleep pattern, right? Because I'm up during the day here, so I might as well be up at night over there, right? Right. So um, I'll, in the morning, like maybe 5 o'clock in the morning, 6 o'clock in the morning, I'll wake myself up. I have a protein shake. I'll go back to sleep. It'll help me sleep better. And then I'll wake up, um, usually skip breakfast, go straight to lunch. And then that'll be like um, chicken or steak and some kind of like um, cooked cook greens of some sort or salad and then some fruits. And then before I head to the track, I'll, uh, which is about maybe like three o'clock, four o'clock, I'll eat like maybe a granola bar, two granola bars. And I'll head to the track, man. Cause I don't like to be, I don't like to feel full. You know what I mean? I don't like to feel mm. like I'm heavy or lethargic from eating pasta and stuff like that. So I, ca- I try to keep it light. Mm. Okay. Now, so when, and after when you race, Right in an Olympics, so you race a thin, and then you wait like three or four days, and then you're going to race again. So, do you keep that diet going straight through while you're over there, or do you like after that one race, like you kind of just go get Cinnabon and McDonald's and you cool for a day, or you know, or do you just continue that diet all the way through? Hey, listen, hey, um, McDonald's overseas is a lifeline sometimes. Sometimes you you might be eating there, it is, yeah. <laughs> so, gotta do it. But yeah, I, I kind of trim down when it's time to race, you know, and, and I stay disciplined when it's time to race. And then afterwards, you know, you celebrate, go get you some big fries or a Big Mac or something like that. Y'all chill out, have a good time, eat a pizza or something like that. So, yeah. Nice. I want, I want to touch on, I want to go back to that, to that win aided, uh, what was it, nine four, four. two? Yeah, yeah. What what was what was that about? Why are they why are they not giving you the record uh, on that? What what was that? What's that story behind that? Because what you just said is win eight it. Yeah, but you still but not you still ran it though. I was like, whose whose legs can even go that fast? Is what you know what because I'm saying? If I, <laughs> it, it, okay, so if I run my four four. And then the and I'm running with the wind. Are you gonna are you gonna pay me my money or not? Yeah, I'm gonna pay you money because you ain't gonna run it. You could oh, you could cool. be I running. Wanted, in I just 20, I, I just I mean I don't care I just, about I just, you. Running I just no want to be sure. I just want to be sure because I'm gonna have you. I'm gonna you gonna pay my money. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> but go ahead. Go, go ahead. ahead. Yeah. So yeah, question. Yeah, what what's up with the wind? What is that? The wind? Hey, was it the hundred sixty? It was a it was a hundred. It was a hundred. Oh, it was a hundred meters. It was it was just an experiment they did in Japan. Japan has these wacky, crazy TV shows that they want to try different things. And my my segment was seeing how fast a human can run with a a, a, a big, huge fan behind him and mm. a couple of fans all going all the way down the track to push me along, wind dated wise. So, um, man, it was crazy. It was like the fan boats you see in the swamp, like those big fan boats. Yeah, right, right, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. So that's what that was behind me in the starting blocks. So once I got off the block, I mean, I got, mm-hmm. I got faster than I ever did in my life. <laughs> so could you could you feel right? it? Could you oh, feel yeah, your speed? A hundred percent. I got. I had two attempts, and the first time I ran like nine, like nine six one or something like that. So they wanted to break the world record was nine five. So I went and ran again. I gave full effort without non without stopping, and I ran nine four. So yeah, it was wow. 
Hey, hey, nah, you I mean, can beat me when they did. I think I grew up faster because back then when I did that, I was overweight. I was like 200 pounds, man. I was chunky, yeah. chunky. What's your What's your race weight? What is your race weight, ideal race weight, for you to I maximize? Nines, uh, uh, 176 to 180, depending. And what it, where are you right now? I'm 182. Okay, yeah, I mean, obviously you got like, uh, almost a year to to kind of really get down to that, but I just always wanted to kind of you know uh, know what it's like to kind of like you know get your weight down because as football players, some people don't even think that that factors in, but obviously that factors into oh. your performance, your your maximum output, things of that nature. Hundred percent, man. Because when you like, because you you won't fatigue quicker, you don't have to worry about lactic acid mm-hmm. as much. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna have strength to weight ratio, which is you're gonna be strong like if you was 200 pounds, but you're gonna be light. You're gonna be 180, 170, so you're gonna be killing. So I'm mm-hmm. walk around. My walk walk around weight is like between 196 and 198 to 200. So I had to drop a lot of weight to get to where I'm at. <clears throat> wow. What's your? Well, how much you weigh right now, T? Fat boy. How much uh, you weigh? I think I'm around like 214. Ish, Fat yeah, around boy. like somewhere. Yeah, I'm not, I'm Fat. not, I'm, I'm, I'm light anywhere from like 212, 214, but I'm light. Uh, and like I said, and, but now, like I said, you I'm light and, you light and slow, but that's all right, that's all right. When, <laughs> ooh, I Hold cannot on, what, what wait. Was your when you play? How much did you weigh? Uh, no more than 223. I, I, it's so crazy. We, some teams have weigh ins, and I swear to God, this is no lie. When I played with the, the night, the last part of my, my career. We had weigh-ins, and literally, I would come in and I would weigh two twenty-two on the dot. It didn't matter what day, what week, whatever. I would weigh in two twenty-two. So I, every, I know sometimes on my uh, on some of my football cards that say two twenty-five, two twenty-six. I never weighed over two twenty-five. Never weighed over two twenty-five. I just felt big and heavy, but I was muscular uh, back then. And then as my career. Uh, you know, extended a little bit. Like my last probably few years, I leaned out a little bit. So I, I, I would honestly, I, I got faster uh, later on in my career than I did early on in my career. Because you were you were leaning out, so you could. I, I was like a six three two ten to two twelve guy, and the, like T saw me, and he tried to lean out and get like my body type. That was his goal. Hey, first of life. all, you know what I'm saying, man, JG? That's my man's goal. You was me. <laughs> You say you were like what one eighty five to two ten hatch? No, two ten to two twelve. Oh, that's you. Maybe you should have been like about one eighty five. Then you would have probably had a stellar career. I did Daddy. have a stellar career, fat boy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but I want to touch on something, and, and I don't, I don't want to spend too much ty- time on. But I know you were explaining, you know, how you had to, you know, you touched on like you had a certain time to prove, you know, you're the fastest, and that's like whatever under ten seconds. But I, I don't want to go too far in, in in depth with it. But I know obviously you had some issues with being banned from from the Olympics. What it has taken, what has it done for you mentally, and what has it done for you, I guess overall, to regain the public's trust of who you are uh, as far as being a track runner and you doing it the right way. Because I know uh, there was a recent um, a show with Lance Armstrong, a document about his doping mm-hmm. and, and how that yeah. was with cycling or what have you. So I don't want to spend too much time on it, but I thought it would be fair if you kind of just touched on on just a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, for me, um, being away from the sport for like <clears throat> for four years, almost half a decade, I wasn't wow. getting paid. I wasn't getting no money. 
Ooh. I was living off the earnings that I had. You know what I mean? The blessing that my mom is financially intelligent to be able to make sure I was secure and stable for almost half a decade. In that time away from the sport, that's when I ventured into football or um, I started doing um, um, volunteer coaching and track, helping kids get to get scholarships for track in the different, different um, schools that they wanted to go to. Um, for me, man, T, I ain't gonna lie, man. It was, it was an eye-opening experience right now if I had to say it and describe it right now. Um, I went through every state of emotion that you can think of. I went through denial. Mm-hmm. Um, I partied almost every night. Mm-hmm. Um, that's mm-hmm. when I got up to about two, two ten, two fifteen, just for, just for <clears> drinking <throat> liquor and alcohol, partying all the time. Wow. Um, I remember a couple times driving drunk. I couldn't mm-hmm. even see in front of me um, because it was back to what I was saying to you, Hatch. Like as athletes, that's all we think about is our sport. So when yep. literally when everything happened to me, it was like this. Everything was gone. Mm-hmm. So I was just this guy just sitting here like, all right, what do I do now? And I got my first contract at like age 20. You know what I mean? So I didn't know nothing about being no man, you know? Right. And But along the way, I knew I was about to hit rock bottom for all the drinking and the party and everything like that. So I had to get myself together. I had to find something for me to do and be, and be successful like I knew I was designed to be, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's why I mentioned the football. And then my other point that I was reaching back to is, when I had the opportunity to go back into track, I told myself, I was like, why go into a sport where I'm already going to be behind the eight ball, meaning football, and people are going to say, okay, you're a track runner. You can't really play football. Mm-hmm. I should fight for what I believe in, which is I'm a king in the sport of track and field. Mm. Now, I made my way back into the sport. Um, it made quarantine a breeze because <laughs> – I was, I've been sitting, um, for four years, I was sitting at home. I wasn't doing much of nothing, man. Mm, and it was, I went wow. to depression. I remember going to depression, and it was a dark time for me because my heart, my heart, my heart hurt so bad, man. Like, to the point where I, I didn't want to take my life, but I didn't think mm. my life was worth nothing. You know mm, what I mean? Wow, yep. wow. And I was like, man, if I if I drive my car right now and I wrap my car on this tree up here, even by accident, who's going to miss me? That's how mm. I felt. yeah. So I had to realize that I had people who who tr- who wanted to see me do well, who wanted to see me come back, who loved me and cared for me, and I had to take myself out of the equation to to really think about their emotions and feelings that they never saw me ever again in life. Mm-hmm. So that's where my build up to come back was. So I hustled mm-hmm. my way back, climbed, clawed back up to the top, and I guess T to ask your question, how did I be able to win people over? It wasn't really about winning anybody over anymore. It was about showing the world that regardless of what you do to me and you set me back or you feel like I did something wrong, mm-hmm. I came back into a sport which um, wasn't showing me any love. And I started winning races and I started mm-hmm. beating top name athletes. Um, and the proof was in the pudding. Mm-hmm. So from that point on, it was like, I think that I gained more respect because of my adversity and fighting than I did fanfare because I was just a fast guy, you know? Absolutely. With those races that you, wow. that's on that comeback. So I, I like what you're saying. You basically, it's just like so so cliche. And one of those statements that people use, you use your setback for a greater comeback. Mm-hmm. And what I really realized about your story here is that you were very self-aware of who you were and who you are and who you wanted to become and be more so than, where you were at that particular time. When you started to win these races, did they did did that increase 
uh, I guess the, um, the the committee to I- implement more drug testing for you um, as you started to start your journey back on uh, getting back on track to to where you once were. Yeah, of course. Um, in 2014-15, I was the most drug-tested athlete in all sports. Wow. So I got tested wow. 78 That's... times. Like, like once a How week? How many times? How many times? 78 times. 78, 78 times in a year. In a year. Wow. Yes. Wow. That's a lot. So I mean, you, brought, I that, you probably I got, got, I got, you probably got tired of this. 2011. And, you know, I slowly made a comeback. I got, I got a, on the Olympic podium in 2012, the next year. And in 13, uh, I came behind Usain Bolt in the world championships in the, mm-hmm. in the uh, 100 meters. And in 14 was off year, but I didn't lose no races that year. I was undefeated. Wow. And I beat Usain Bolt as well. Um, yeah, right. yeah. In 15, that, yeah. 15, I just went buck wild, started running a whole bunch of nine sevens, uh, nine, 19.5s. And I think, I think what happens is, because people in my situation, how you spoke about Lance and all of them is, once you are in a situation, you get popped, right? You, um, the proof is in the pudding, and they always say, well, this is what he used to get better or be better than everybody else. So now he comes back. He's not as good as he was before. My whole mm-hmm. goal, my whole to goal was to come back and show the world I'm better than what you thought I was. Absolutely. And that's what I did. I came back running faster, came back awesome. being stronger, and I came back being more disciplined because I mm-hmm. knew I had to be because my – my life was on the line, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. the microscope is on you. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to go ahead and, and show the world that I am that guy. Well, again, I want to I I commend, uh, you know, your transition, not your honesty, but your transitioning through that process. As you know, it's not easy. You know, you went through it. But um, again, when you get done with your whole track career, it's going to be similar, but you've already went through it once. I'm sure you'll be fine when you find something that, that once you retire from that sport as well. So I, I wouldn't worry about it too much. I want to commend you on your character and integrity, and, you know, from what you, who yeah. you become over this process. Yeah. I, I have that. a, I have a question uh, about the female uh, racer or track runner that went through something in similar, but she never was able to regain. And that's Marion Jones. Um, why, why do you think that was, uh, why do you think that was so? Was it because she didn't have, uh, that dedication, um, that willpower, or do you think she relied heavily on uh, the performance enhancing, enhancing drugs to become who she became? Because I think you know she had that rise and then that fall from grace, and I think she wanted to come back, and then she tried to dabble too. She tried to get into basketball um, to try to regain uh, some mm. you know, that sense of of of, uh, of being somebody that an outlet. Um, so again, you had that four years to kind of. Think about what you wanted to do. You had the ups and downs. Like I said, you had those roller coaster of emotions where, you know, it was depression. Um, yeah. What, what do you think it was with Marion Jones? If you could share some 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 words. Um, I mean, I don't know. I don't know her personally. I met her a couple of times in passing. Okay. Um, but I, I think that if I had to kind of um, understand her, her viewpoint, um, you imagine when she went everything she went through, she was already mm-hmm. on top of the world. You know, like she was, she was more popular than a lot of male athletes. True. You know what I mean? Not just yeah. track, but in sports Ooh, period, yeah. you know? True. Um, she was very marketable. And I think that when everything happened to her, I think that she just was lined up with the wrong people. And I think once she tried to regain her footing, it's hard, T. Like everyone recognizes who you are. You can't go mm-hmm. out on the street without 
people saying, oh, that's Mary Jones. Oh, she did this, this, and this. You know what I mean? Right, I right. felt that. I felt, I felt a huge cloud of embarrassment over me or shame over me. And that, to this day, it kind of is there. I understand who I am as a person. Right, you know right. I mean? But I think for her, it was just never able to get that real good footing of being able to come back. You know what right, I mean? Right. I think she's fast, mm-hmm. legitimately fast. I don't think she used drugs to, to, right. to be fast. I think that if she used drugs, she used it to be faster and to, or to stay on top her legacy. Yeah. Got but I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's a tragic situation because you 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 view the athlete, but you don't realize there's a lot of the players that's on that's on the on the board that have push athletes to be in that position. You know what I mean? And none of them are accountable. You know what I mean? So it's it's a hard situation. I mean, you being a mother, you being the, the world's fastest woman, you being uh, an advocate for whatever foundation she was for, those are all things that came crumbling down. And then on top right. of that, she the little, the little check, check fraud situation that kind of put her in the drug situation. Mm. So mm-hmm. you dealing with the FBI, that's a lot of stuff on top of it. Ooh, yeah, yeah. 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 It's again, sports, people forget the sports is there's one side, the physical side of it, but that mental side of sports, man, once you, once they start messing with that mental and you can't focus like everybody else is focusing, it's hard. It's difficult, man. It is. And that's how it was in 17 for me when I lined up. Um, It was Usain's last race. And I tell you, as many cheers that he got, I got equal as many boos in the stadium. The, 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 mm, the stadium was tough. rocking with boos. It was thundering with boos, you know? Wow. Mm-hmm. I still was able to come out on top because I believed in who I am. I was Ooh, mentally boy. tough enough to be able to, to come across the line first. Absolutely. I know what it's like to kind of be to be, be booed? The villain. You, you mean you've yeah, been, be, you been oh, booed, oh, too? Oh, absolutely. Oh, <laughs> you've been booed, bro? Oh, bro. Right. I, 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 like, <laughs> hey, I turned those booze into boo-hoos for them. Because, <laughs> like I said, you just... Motivation. Yeah, yeah, motivation. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, exactly. You're going to make them eat those words, you know? Absolutely. What? Yeah. Absolutely. Do you think you was booed so, because you was uh, on the opposing team, or do you think you was booed because of who you was as an athlete? Probably a little bit of both, because I was one of those guys, uh, you know, some people say I was a trendsetter. Um, I kind of went to, to the own beat of my own drum. You know what I mean? I wasn't one of those guys that conformed uh, but I wasn't insubordinate. You know what I mean? I was a very coachable player, but I think the way the media portrayed me, um, that's who they thought I was. Um, they never really got a chance to know who I was off the field. So again, the media is very powerful and they painted that picture that I was just selfish. I was just arrogant guy that I was this cocky guy. Um, but when I played, when I, when I performed, you know, I played not only for myself, but my teammates and my organization. So what I did, whatever I did within the confines uh, of the rules, um, and again, it worked for me. And I didn't know it at that time I was establishing a brand for myself. Um, I was yeah. becoming, you, you were the boo, house. you were the boo brand. Exactly. That, that works. It was whatever works. <laughs> and they love so, to hate you, but they love, they ex- wanted to see and, you. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Did so, you ever I mean, get I, booed at home T in a home game? I don't, I don't remember you ever no, getting booed at I a home know. game. No, I, my, my skills never got to the point. Or they never right. loaded me right. to that bad to my own team. Like when you start getting booed by your own team, yeah, that 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 hurts. Yeah, because <laughs> it's like you you, you want to be big enough to get booed in your you know when you're on the road. And I remember uh, right. uh, Kobe. I think when he remember he had that case in Denver, so Denver hated mm-hmm. him, of course. Right. And, and the next year when he went to Denver. 
there were a bunch of um, Kobe Buster T-shirts they were selling outside the arena. And of course, now inside the arena, there all those shirts, like 20,000 people had these shirts. And go back to find out Kobe's company made those shirts. <laughs> so, he, uh, so he already knew, like you said, when you went on the road, T, you know they go boo you, but you would right. welcome it and give them something to go ahead and right. <laughs> yeah, you have to you have to embrace yeah. that. And then, like I said, and then like I said, man, I can't imagine, like I said, to, to race one of the, the top the, yeah. the top, the of time, the fastest the top. guy. Yeah. yeah, the fastest guy in the world. And who's saying it's who's saying boat? What is that speed like? I mean, for us, it just doesn't seem right. And I know, like for me, I can understand it because I'm a long strider as well. And I know when he when he's there, like, dude, what is it? Is it a combination of just just pure speed or size, or it just obviously his his length that enables him to got to make it? It looks like he's jogging when everybody else you have that red, like, it looks like you guys are just like, yeah. I mean, like a car, well, like well, But JG ain't small. Well, JG, you 6'1". That's not short and no, you know, usually at 5'7", 5'8", 5'9", you see like, like, you know, people's feet going real fast because they're turnover. But yeah, when you over six foot and you have a quick turnover like that, you doing something. I mean, for, for him, I mean, see all of that, all of that, bro. All, all the things you said, stride links, his speed, his turnover, is uh all that goes into making you saying uniquely who he is, man, to be honest. I mean, um, if you watch his races, he don't even overstride. He runs like he's five seven. You know right, what I mean? Right. Really six five, you know. Mm. So he he learned, I guess he he found the loophole, man. He found the hat. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just to be a tall guy, you don't gotta run with long strides and run slow, you know, like he was able to work on his turnover and that I mean that was the key for him. Why do you think he left left the sport? Because I think he the way he was winning races, he could have he could have kept going. Do you think he just got tired? Is the the training? Because again, I think he could like he he could have ran another Olympic or so. I know, man. But you when you did when you deal with an individual sport like track or tennis or something like that, like you you are all you have. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like you can have a bad game, or, or you know what I mean, and you might not be playing at hundred percent, but your team is gonna rally around you, help you out. You know what I'm saying? When you get out there and you not feeling a hundred percent, you get into a race, you commit to the race, and then you get your doors blown off, you get beat. You know what I mean? Uh, like, mm, and at the, at the same time, he's he's done everything at least two times over. You know what I mean? Right. So his motivation was that I don't think really wasn't there anymore to be able right. to say, okay, how many more Olympics I want to win, or how many more records I want to break. You know, so a, nothing else to prove, I suppose. Yeah, yeah nothing yeah. else to prove. Exactly, thirty years old. Money, money that he can you so much money can you probably even count that he's right. gonna live life now. He uh, he doesn't like to train, either. so he's a hard trainer, <laughs> but he doesn't like to train. Right, yeah, right. it is. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Olympic champion Justin Gatlin on Get Your Popcorn Ready podcast. We appreciate you coming on, JG, sharing us some knowledge, man. Opening up with us. Uh, All right, said, we, yeah, we appreciate, yeah, appreciate you. you. We really do, man. Commend you. Continue that character building. You know, as, as far as going, getting ready for next year, that's a whole nother thing. But again, you, you'll be all right. You'll go through the process. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, one you more. And Absolutely. Steve, I have. Yeah, go ahead. Now, I was going to say, whenever you're ready, let me know when you want to get that E-race race. Yeah. Going. <laughs> no, for real. Like, Already. No, no, no. Oh, trust me. Give me. I, I'm, I'm, I've been lifting. I've been training. Uh, I would say in the next four to five months, I would definitely be ready. 
just I promise you, man, I'm telling you, I've been training. I've been doing more leg lifts and things on my lower extremity than I have since I since I left the game. Probably like yeah. eight, nine years. And I've again, yeah. I've I've been rejuvenated to the point that like now I guarantee you, I I would probably be faster because of the leg strength that I've had I, that I I've gained because two to three years ago when I ran my 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 muscle my my legs had atrophy because you know every year after you you stop playing there's a percentage of your body of muscle mass atrophies and now I'm back to where I was when I was playing so that's why I feel confident in myself to be able to to run like I said especially get this guy's money oh I'm gonna get it. hey I, I tell you what let's make it interesting JG why don't you run a 45 and T run a 40. Let's do it then. I that think that awesome. that that could be a legit race because again, okay. yeah, because a forty Dude. versus a forty T. I know what you're saying, but get out of here. You know what I'm bro, saying? I, just, let me tell you something. If I look, get out on this cat, bro, you will me. still lose by five yeah. yards. I get it. No, I I get it. He ain't finna, he's not going to beat me by five yards. Kill yourself. I if he want, if he wants to run a four one, okay, well, okay, well, if he, he wants can to try me. He can try me if he <laughs> want to. If, if, if he can try me if he want to, I'm gonna uh, let you know, boy. I'm, I'm gonna show you hats. I love. Hey. Ooh, boy. Matter of fact, hey, you ain't JG. He ain't hyping nobody up but himself. This hey, is all I, for I, himself I, right now. This I, ain't I, got nothing okay. to do. With all right, okay. I'm gonna show uh, you guys. Hey, but we want to thank our guy. Justin Gatlin, man, appreciate you coming on the Get Your Popcorn Ready podcast, man. This was exciting to me. When I got the text message that you would have, you know, wanted to come on the show, I was like, man, yeah, man. absolutely. Because, man, all I saw was like, I, I just, I just envision, I just visualized the Olympics. You know what I mean? Because, like I said, that was that's on my bucket list. I trust me, I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna be some way, somehow, I'm going to be there in the house. I'm going to be there. 2021 Tokyo America. Olympics, Justin Gatlin. Now, I got you, just 959. 2021, 959. I put it out there for you. Man, you're going to get that? I'm going to run a 981, 981. You know, the world's going to turn upside down. If I'm 39 years old and I run 959, boy. Hey, the world, the world. Hey, go shock the world, JG. Go shock the world. Yeah, you're going to run and expect to get drug tested immediately. Immediately. What? Hey, but I'm going to go right there, man. Hey, trust me, man. All the best to you, man. Stay on, stay on, uh, stay on par with your training, man. I know you will. I know you got a lot of great people behind you. Uh, I'm rooting for you. America is going to be rooting for you, man. I, I like Absolutely. it, man. Going to be 39, especially. I, I like when people push the envelope. You know, there's not many of guys out there that are pushing that envelope, man. And I appreciate what you've done throughout the course of your career. Like I said, you're a, a, a guy, a man of faith, and you're very self-aware. Appreciate you on the, coming on the show, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. My man, Justin Gatlin in the house, ladies and gentlemen. Get your Popcorn Ready podcast. Find us on the Himalaya app, wherever you get your podcast. No yeah. doubt, man. All right. Thanks, man. Thank you, man. Thank you, man. All right. Oh, man. Justin Gatlin, ladies and gentlemen. The super, super, super fast. Uh, nine, four, five, he ran. Win eight it. Into- oh, that's crazy. That's crazy, right? Um, but again, it's a great guest, good character. Um, I, I love how he opened up, right? Went through some things here and there. Um, but at the same time, it's like, I want everybody, the, what our show is about, like I said, so, most of the people that you guys see on TV and your favorite athletes, they go through stuff, you know? Right. It's just part of this life. They're not just 
going on. Uh, you don't make you don't just turn on your TV and then watch them play a game and then their life is is over. Like no, they got real things going on behind the scenes. And uh, I appreciate Justin Gatlin coming to my show today and opening up with us a little bit. Oh yeah, human. Yeah, def- definitely uh, displayed and expressed that uh, human side uh, of him, uh, and that's that, that's been the nature of every great athlete. Um, they're all going to have those ebb and flows, those ups and downs uh, to their career. Some rebound from it, some don't. Um, but I like the uh, the aspect of, of of our guest that he definitely he kept going and he ran through the tape, and uh, he's uh, he's where he is for a reason. Absolutely. And that brings us to our three and out segment where we like to bring up three things that we found interesting about the podcast show today. I think number one for me, um, again, people thinking, oh, he's fast or he's big and he's strong and he's athletic. Just go throw him out there and he can become an NFL football player. This dude ran a four one two in the 40. And he said Stupid his main fast. thing of not being able to you know, have an NFL career is because of the playbook. So it goes back to the mental uh, approach of the sport, not the physical. Again, I keep telling you guys, a lot of people can be physically fit and physically ready to play professional sports. But if you don't have that mental uh, aptitude to learn the playbook in a short period of time, how he said it was 10 plays and the next day he had another 10. Next day he had another 10. Like, yeah, yeah, that's what you have to go through during training camp. Yeah. Uh, I think, yeah, the next one that, that really – I think just him shedding light on his first, uh, his first trap. I don't know if his first traffic stop, but being stopped by, uh, by, by the cops. Oh, in Tennessee. And him, mm. Yeah. And, and him sharing that story. Uh, and then the officer realizing that he had a concealed weapon, um, mm-hmm. in the car. And obviously the officer asked him, um, where was it? And he basically explained to him that his gun was over here and the clip was over here. Yeah. And yeah. the cop asked him, like, well, why is your clip and your gun in two different places? And mm-hmm. uh, I like his explanation of it and, and where we are as a country right now. And speaking mm-hmm. on on racism, you know, being black in America, again, uh, that's one of the issues of us, really, what we fear for our lives, being <laughs> black in America. And, and, and I know I've been stopped by by the cops a a number of times and and I know what it's like to kind of feel what it's like to have white privilege but then I know at the same breath I know what it's like to be a black man in an instant Mm -hmm. as well Uh, because you're not going to always have a cop to pull you over that recognize your name and recognize your name or know who you are Um, so an instant and then you have those again they may know who you are because of sports or what have you um, but at the end of the day it doesn't matter because if somebody comes up, you know, approaches you with those, the wrong mindset, uh, you know, you, you're one mistake, one hand movement away of being a dead man. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate him shedding, uh, shedding light on that story uh, of why he had those two uh, parts of the gun, pieces of his gun in two different uh, areas. Uh, it yeah. was very, very enlightening. Well, the amazing part about that story is that was 20 years ago. You know, mm. 2000, 2001 ish. Like that's 20 years ago. And we're now today with the climate yeah. of, the, of the nation right now, we're going through the exact same thing. So, right. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think the third thing on the three and out was uh, when he got banned from the sport. And again, we talk a lot with a lot of our guests. We've already talked about transitioning to your next thing. And, and he said it like he wasn't ready. He wasn't ready to give up on what he thought he was on this, on this earth to do. Like he started, he was depressed, started drinking, started partying, 
um, doing all these things because he, for the first time in his life, he lost his identity of being that track guy or the track guy or, you know, and he had no where emotionally to go. And I think a lot of people have to understand that that's what's going to go on when you transition and you leave your first love of whatever sport or whatever career. It's not just oh my sports, God. it's just whatever career. His livelihood was stripped. Of, it was taken away from him. Yeah. And like he said, in, in an instant, in a blink of an eye, just like that. Yeah. But, but then the character within himself, he came out of it. And I want to commend him. He's on to a great career, had a great career. He's not done. Nine, no. five, nine, 2021 Tokyo Olympics. I'm putting Justin Gatlin up there. Yes, sir. I'm looking forward. Hey, I may be in the house. I don't know about you. That's on my bucket list, bro. You know what? If COVID is still around, I am not traveling over there, brother. Not happening. I mean, if they can, <laughs> I mean, if they're going to be able to do it and travel, hey, I can too. Well, let's find out. Get your popcorn ready podcast with the host, Justin Gatlin, Olympic champion. Thank you, everybody. Peace. Catch us on the Himalaya app, wherever you get your podcast. That's right. Be sure to subscribe, share. And when you see us on social media, see on our G- IG Live or whatever, just swipe up. Subscribe, share, and swipe. Sharing's caring. Peace.